When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we're going to talk about a couple of my inspirations. People whose style of communication I consciously attempt to mimic on this channel. And uh, where I failed. Where I failed to implement their style. And the reason I want to do that is because this movement of people, global movement of people want deep systemic change, want liberty and justice for all, want everybody, regardless of where they live or what they look like, to have a fair shake. We, uh, almost all of us, fell at this. We almost all fell at this. And many of us actually have slogans demanding that we fail at this. The two people are Thomas Paine and Sophie Scholl. I've talked about both of them in videos. The thing that they did, their style, and I say their style, they never met. They never met. They separated by more than 100 years, but they used the same tactics. The most important thing I think they did was they tried to meet everybody where they were at. They didn't use a lot of jargon. They didn't try to use overly academic words to make themselves seem more authoritative. You don't need a Ph.D. in philosophy to understand right from wrong. You don't need to be an expert in geopolitics to understand what's going on in the world. When you use that jargon, you limit how far that message can go. Because it can only go to those people who know the jargon. I think that was the most important thing they did. The second most important thing they did is something that I don't do consciously. And it's a failing. They framed their arguments, both philosophically and religiously. I don't do that for two reasons. One, it's really hard. <laughs> it, it is incredibly hard. And two, today we're so polarized that if I did it, there would be large groups of people that would be like, I don't want to hear that. Don't, I, I just don't want to hear that. And tune out immediately. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Especially given the platforms and the wide range of communication that is available today. Which religion? How are you going to frame it? You know, we're, as a movement, we're very inclusive. We wouldn't want to use one specific religious framing because it might alienate others. It, this all makes sense in a modern context. And it seemed like it was insurmountable. Like it was a problem that there was no solution to. But it always bothered me. Because when you make the conscious decision not to engage on that level, you are riding off that demographic of people. Because... 
they only have one group of people who generally do not have their best interest at heart talking to them. There's a reason why in the United States that voting block is pretty secure. Because it's only the conservatives who are talking to them. Which is odd, because in the United States, if you're talking about trying to reach the majority of religious people in the U.S., you're talking about one figure. You're talking about one guy who was progressive. He was progressive for the times. He's progressive today. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Look out for the stranger in your land. Feed the poor and all that. Does that sound like the GOP? Of course not. But that's who talks to him. It's one of the reasons I liked Marianne Williamson so much, because she had that spiritual undertone and could connect with that demographic of people who progressives generally never even try to reach out to. Because it's too hard. It is too hard. And I couldn't come up with a way to do it. And then two things happened. One, you guys constantly kept telling me that you send my videos to your racist redneck uncles. And it makes sense. I can connect on that level. Because of the way I look, the way I sound, we speak the same language. Makes complete sense. And then about a month ago, I saw a YouTube thumbnail. It's a priest. And there's writing on the thumbnail, as oftentimes there is on YouTube. The words that jumped out at me, Bose Rule 303. I will be honest, when I clicked play, I felt like I was walking into the principal's office. And I thought, as it started playing, that man, it would be great if we had religious figures who would talk about climate change, talk about toxic masculinity, talk about limiting beliefs, or encouraging their followers to read other religious texts to help break down the divides. And as the video plays, I listen to him add two words to Rule 303. He says, uh, if you have the means to help, you have the responsibility to help. And turned it into a sermon. It's great. And then I went through his videos and found everything I was just talking about. His intro is really cool, too. He says... <laughs> He makes a point of uh, saying that his parish sits on the unceded land of the Mi'kmaq people. Not what you would expect from a priest. Not necessarily. Especially not in the southern United States. Because if they're talking about climate change here, they're hoping it hurries up. They're, they're looking forward to everything going bad. And... As I've listened to him over the last month or so, I've realized that these people who need that religious framing, that spiritual framing, they are no different than the people who need somebody who looks and sounds like me. Sometimes it's not the message, it's the messenger. 
and this group of people, this demographic of people who we have left behind. We've just said, no, we're not going to try to reach them because, you know, the conservatives already have control over them. That's a, a pretty bad stance for us to take. Would we willingly write off any other demographic of people? Probably not. Everybody can be reached. And most people want a better world. Most people want that world where everybody gets a fair shake. So maybe it's just the messenger. It might be good to have some religious figures in your toolbox, so to speak, to send to your religious uncle. If I didn't mention his name, his name is Ed Travers. Um, again, I understand that there are a whole lot of people here who aren't religious in any way. And that's fine. That's fine. But if you acknowledge the value in having somebody who looks and sounds like me say this, you probably would acknowledge the value in having somebody who has a collar say it too. Because he can reach people that I can't. He can reach people that you probably can't. For the same reasons. They speak the same language. Share those similarities. It's something that we probably really need to start actively looking for. Because those religious figures exist. Those religious leaders who want that better world. They exist. They're out there. We just have to find them. Help that message get out. Use their message to reach those who are right there. I mean, if in the United States especially, they want that moral framing. They want that religious framing. And it exists in their text. You just have to find the people who aren't trying to exploit them. To show them that it's already what they believe. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.